Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kim, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you want to end up one or two hour show to keep the brain running with the premise to talk sports on a national level? Both with the topic, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the bad five during prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys diversified and educated. in the building was good war room family or once again live in the war room brought to you by war room sports on the war room sports podcast network i'm one of your hosts i'm dev mac and i'm at the war room round table tonight with my brother jimmy the blueprint uh be awesome yeah, stuff, like you know signing professional soccer players um you know make, making it happen well his son making it happen for him whatever way you want to look at that but um, he'll be back with us next week. Yo, the Sweet 16 of March Madness will get underway in about 25, 30 minutes from now. So we'll, you know, we'll just discuss, catch you up on the brackets um, and a whole lot more. So sit back, relax, bust it up again with you guys in the war room. Greatest man cave in the history of civilization. Episode 672 begins now. You can get in on the conversation yourself by signing in right now to the By the Hood chat room. At blogtalkradio.com slash the war room, or you could join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls in about 30 minutes on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number, 323 410 0012. Yo, fam, um, did Boy Trump get arrested yet or nah? <laughs> I don't know, man. That was like much to do about nothing, man. I, you know, I've been. I've been... Watching the news every day, trying to see what, you know, I just want to see the visual for, for historical purposes. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, yeah, all I saw today was uh, the TikTok boy was in front, uh, front of the, the house, and they was giving him the business. <laughs> you know you're going to do something crazy. Like, you're going to have the handcuffs on and raise him, out of, raise him up like Mike Tyson did when he got cuffed. <laughs> when he was, when yeah, absolutely. He absolutely. He's going to do down. something. He's going to do something. That's going down. But, um. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I I just been hearing this week, like you know, there's a chance that he's gonna get indicted. There's a chance he's gonna turn himself in. But you know, haven't heard anything concrete. Haven't heard anything solid. But that's not what we had to talk about anyway. Um, y'all know what it is though. Before we get started, I'm just gonna remind you guys that whether you're with us live or not, at any time on demand, you can still check out archive episodes of our show, The War Room. And all of our partner shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. That's either on our own website at warroomsports.com, or you can do that on one of the many major podcast listening platforms there are out there. Um, whichever one is your favorite, we're bound to be there. Just search War Room Sports. All the shows in the network should be available to you, so there's never an excuse to miss an episode. So don't. If you're a hip-hop head, you'd love Tissue and the Tape with Phil Maddock and Davis Backwards. Uh if you're in the Philly sports, the Broad Street Line is the show for you. Superstars, also a great Philly-themed show. Uh, on the Couch with the Wilsons, if you're in the TVs, TV, movies, documentaries, anything uh, that you, you can sit on the couch and do. Maybe not anything. But um, um, shout-out also to John Appetit. Uh, Jim, John Appetit actually gave me a, a recommendation. You know, I was up in Philly earlier this week. 
and um, they gave me a recommendation. Like I, I, I put in the, the call, I put in the call and asked, you know, according to my location, I'm like, what's the best cheesesteak in walking distance of my location? And, you know, they told me, they like, well, where you are, you know, Reading Terminal Market is really all you got, and there's nothing special in there. Uh, probably the closest walking distance would be Cleavers, but I believe I've had Cleavers before, so I wanted to try something new. So I was like, all right, so what about in, like, short Uber distance or, you know, if I got this car out the valet and just wanted to ride somewhere real quick. So they told me about a place on South Street called Woodrow's. Um, it's pretty new. It's, like, on 6th and South. You heard of it, yeah? Yo, I've I've heard of it. Haven't been there though. Yeah. So when he said that, he was like, you know, try you could try Woodrow's. It could be the best in the city. So you know, my antennas raised because that's that's a lofty <laughs> claim these days. You know what I'm saying? That's a, that's a lofty claim yeah. because Philadelphia, the home of the cheesesteak, the you know, the foundation of the cheesesteak, probably. 500 cheesesteak places in Philly, so, you know, to, to lay claim to being the best or could be the best, what the quote is, that's still big talk when you got the giants who've been around for decades, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I, I, I went down and gave it a, gave it a shot, you know, because I, I trust, um, I trust the folks over at John Appetit. And on first, first, first try, I, I don't think I can put it in that category. It was decent though. It wasn't. It wasn't bad or anything. I think the first thing, Jim, that takes them out of that category is because they pretty much have a prefix menu. Now they'll they'll give you, you know, your your custom cheesesteak, but it's it, it's with a little bit of hassle. You know what I'm saying? You're like, well, I can't get this kind of cheese. I can't get that kind of cheese. And there was a conversation. The people in there didn't even speak English that well. So it was a little bit of hassle to get a, a, a custom joint. So, you know, I was with somebody, so we just got a custom joint and then got the prefix, which was a cheese whiz joint. And, you know, I've never put yeah. cheese whiz on my cheese steak before. That's, you know, it's not a darky thing. <laughs> um but they made their they make their own in house, so it just doesn't taste like okay. canned cheese whiz. So it did, the cheese did have it had a. This is how I described it. It had a cultured taste to it. Like if you were at a party and they were serving cheese on on you know little cheese blocks with toothpicks, you would say, "All right, this cheese is pretty good." Melted down to a whiz. I wasn't a hundred percent feeling it, but it was, But I'm pretty sure it was. It's 50% better than, you know, the other places that just get cheese whiz out of a can. Kraft or whoever makes cheese whiz, mm-hmm. Melville or whatever. So, so it was decent, but I'm not ready to, you know, put it up there with the Giants yet. I'll give it another shot. But, yeah, I think the prefix alone makes it a little different because, you know, that the, their main sandwich is called the Woodrow's Whiz Wit. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't do Whiz Wit. <laughs> But Yo, it, it, was is, it was decent. It was decent. I was like, uh, you know, I, I had to open myself up to new things. And, you know, they what I say is this though: so there's a lot of a lot of new places that um you know I've heard um and I heard is uh on TikTok they they um expose <laughs> a lot of new places that um have popped up that are supposedly fire 
Um, yeah. And, you know, I haven't tried a lot of them. My, my new favorite place, though, obviously, you know, De Los Angeles has always been one of my list for years. But there's a new spot. Well, not new. It's actually kind of old now at this point. But have you ever been to um to Chubby's? It's in the it's in the same area. Yeah, the vicinity we like, went to uh, Chubby's. Both we went not to Chubby's. Not Chubby's. Chubby's. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Chubby's is the one across the street. Not Chubby's. I'm sorry. Yeah. Barry's is the one. It's called Barry's. Barry's. No, I haven't been to Barry's. So Barry's is like um a couple blocks <laughs> down from from Chubby's and De Los Angeles. So Chubby's and De Los Angeles are across the street from each other. But oh, Barry's so is getting, like a little bit further down. Getting in that area, huh? With the competition. But here's the thing. Right, so reading about Barry, Barry's been there for a little while now. But reading about it, the dude who owned Barry's was one of the top cooks at De La Sanjos. He basically saved his bread and uh, left to start his own joint. So it's like yeah. that. But the one thing I like, the one thing I like about him is he got all kinds of exotic cheeses. Like you can get yeah, like, and know, that's what people are doing. Is like they're they're just taking the game and they're improving the game. It's just like sports. You know, we can bring it back around to what we're talking yeah, about but, right now. It's but, just like sports. Barry's, but Barry's arguably might be the best that I've had. But what I also like about Barry's is they serve fries. The Los Angeles don't serve no fries. Yeah, the um, Los Angeles is cocky because they feel like, you know, we ain't really got served nothing but cheesesteaks and hoagies because. Yo, <laughs> not only do they serve fries, nice uh, they, serve steak, they serve steak fries. Oh, okay. Yeah, this, like this place serves fries too, but. You know, generally I'm eating a whole cheesesteak. I ain't really have room for the fries. Plus, I hit up this uh, black-owned mm-hmm. um, uh, dessert place down there called Sweet Life. Shout out to uh, to the to the owners of Sweet Life because that's black-owned, female black-owned. Okay. Um, actually, went there twice. Went there last night after Woodrow's, and then went there this morning for some stuff to go for the family <laughs> on the way back. But yeah, I think right. like some of these newer places that are popping up that are getting great reviews. It, like I said, it's just like sports. It's just like you know, players now get to look at what Mike and Kobe and LeBron and all them did, so they come in with a higher skill set <laughs> earlier because they're basically getting the stuff passed down to them and they're doing it earlier. So these people jumping in the game, I'm like, hey, let me improve on this. Let's offer yeah. some stuff that yeah. the traditional spots don't offer. Now, yeah, I see these bags that these young boys got in the hoop in the NBA now these days. I'm like, I don't know what they're going to be doing 15 years from now because they be coming <laughs> in with, like, just full bags. I'm like, yeah, what y'all going to do 15 years from now? Y'all just, I don't know where the game is going. Yeah, they're going to be flying, like, literally. We said people was flying back in the day. Like Doc and Mike, like no, they're gonna be flying. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know what like the bags. <laughs> and now, and now we at the we at the point now we got dudes like seven six, like with yo yo. Like come on, cause like what, what's what's going on? The game is just like at another level. That's why I was laughing at that. Um, I sent the video. <laughs> we'll coming in, looking, video like, that, uh, looking like seven four Isaiah Thomas. Yo, I don't know if you saw that video that Gilbert did, and uh, they was at the interview on Gilbert, and they asked him like, "Do you think you can guard the guys in the NBA today?" And he looked at him like, "He's like, hell no." He said, "I know y'all expecting me to say yes, I can't guard these dudes." He's well, like, Yo, to be to be fair, guy. Gilbert couldn't <laughs> guard the guys in his day. <laughs> Defense wasn't really his forte, this is true, but, this is but, true, but but I understand. Well, what he was saying yeah, definitely different. He was like, man, these dudes is bigger with with, with more athletic, more athleticism and, and and more skills. He was like, man. It's just a different game. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is. Like you're saying, people, these kids these days are getting, you know, personal trainers at five and six years old. So yeah, their that's true. individual that's true. skills are, are crazy, crazy. They don't necessarily know how to play, but, 
you know, in a one-on-one, they're they going to treat you like a cone. They're going to treat you like a chair. <laughs> Chopping your head off. All right, so um, they gonna come let's get into these hot topics. Really Newman yet. Hey, yo, dude, this is hilarious, man. This is head movements alone. It's hilarious. Like, as much as, like, he, he's so irksome, I can I can still watch videos of dude all day because it's hilarious. Like, I could just yo, sit back comedy. and watch Julian Newman videos because he really thought, like, he thought, like, you know, I'm the one. I'm doing this. And pure comedy. looking at it for, like, entertainment purposes. All right, these hot topics are brought to you by my bookie. War Room family, it's time for you to make some money sports betting in my bookie. If you haven't checked them out yet, it's time to stop wasting time and place a bet. Lay down some money on all the biggest games in sports. Got the Sweet 16 starting tonight. Um, and, and, you know, place a bet at mybookie.ag. No excuses when you win. You get your money fast with no hassle. So shout out to Woodrow's for a little bit of hassle they try to give me. Um, <laughs> but they even have in-game live betting so you can place wages after the game starts. So join now. And my bookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM. That's one word, all caps, WARROOM. Spell it yourself to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. That's all there is to it. And speaking, of course, of the Sweet 16, which gets underway uh, tonight, um, it's, it's, not, it's not chalk, Jim. It's like there's one... One number one seed left in the tournament, and that is Houston. Um, on the other side of the bracket, you got the three versus the seven with Kansas State and Michigan. Um, down where the West number one would have been, you have the three and the two, Gonzaga versus UCLA. Uh, like I said, the only I'm sorry, it's two left, Houston and Alabama. Houston, the one playing the five uh, in Miami. Alabama is playing the five seed in San Diego State uh, University. Then you got the six and 15, Creighton and Princeton, a number 15 seed uh, in the Sweet 16. Um, wow. So I guess Princeton so far has been the surprise of the tournament. Florida Atlantic is in the uh, Sweet 16. You know, they're not a 15 like Princeton, but they're a number nine. So, you know, we weren't expecting to see them there. But uh, – they they benefited from Fairleigh Dickinson, Dickinson, the 16 seed, knocking off Purdue. Because in the second round, instead of Florida Atlantic having to play Purdue, they had to play Fairleigh Dickinson. And when I watched that game, that, that uh, FDU-Purdue game, I said that. I think we might have talked about it for a minute in the chat. Like, okay, that's that's a good upset. But I think that was definitely a matchup upset. Like, I don't see FDU winning another game in the tournament, and, you know, and they didn't. Mm -hmm. So that was Purdue just choking on what was a bad matchup for them. But, you know, FDU didn't really have much size. Um, So I I just really didn't think they were going to be the Cinderella story that took it to the Sweet 16, took it to the Final Eight, took it to the Final Four. But, hey, they were only the second 16 ever. To be the one, so they're gonna they're gonna live in infamy um, for that. I know you didn't do a bracket just like I didn't, but do you have a favorite remaining, or at this point is it um, Alabama's tournament to to lose? I think it is Alabama's tournament to lose. Um, I know Tobias likes to hear that, but 
at the same time, I think the most interesting perspective I have after listening to you run down, like, who's left is, like, just the names in general. Like, where are the, the, the Kansas, Kentucky, Carolina, Duke, St. John's, Georgetown, Syracuse, like, what, like, these names you naming, dog, I'm like, some of these colleges, I'm like, I couldn't tell you where they are. Right, the traditionals. Just, I mean, this might be what we see from now on. You know, things have been put in place over the last few years. You know, not just NIL, but, you know, that's a big part of it. Things have been put in place to, to create parity. Um, one of the bigger things, like we were talking about this years ago, like not even like in the last couple of years, but for years, because of the whole one-and-done rule, um, that pretty much helps as well because you have freshmen signing with the bigger programs, you know, which helps them if they can catch lightning in a bottle real fast. But the fact that, you know, these guys don't come back with any semblance of experience, like they'll get into the tournament, win a couple games, lose, not because of a lack of talent, just because of a lack of experience. So you have some of these schools that are considered mid-majors and, you know, maybe some a little higher than that but but aren't like traditional powerhouse programs. They're going a little farther in these because they have players that are coming back for, you know, three years, sometimes four years. So we know when it comes to tournament time, you know, experience does mean something. So you have the cats going far in the tournament, but they're the ones who who are going to be least likely to get drafted because they – People think something wrong with you if you stayed in school for three or four years. So yeah, but you know, know also I also wondered like you know the the names that I named were like the teams that were in programs that were dominant during our era. But I do remember mm-hmm. like you know before our era, like if you go back and look at the history, and even what Ohe has told me, like there's certain schools that were dominant then that you know during my era, I'm like fuck out of here, like um <laughs> like a San Francisco. Like San Francisco, for for instance. Now, you know, uh, even they, like the, the Bill Russell, even that's the Bill Russell. Yeah, and, and, but a lot of schools like that. Like a lot of times when you look at the old head players, you see what college they went to, you're like, yo, but then you realize that at that time, that college was, you know, was that work and yo, not so much. <laughs> and I saw something, you know, that that <laughs> that definitely adds to the Wilt Chamberlain loser narrative. Because mm-hmm. actually, it could have been uh, um, uh, this date in sports history for today. I think today, um, Kansas lost in a final game. I forgot the, who they lost to, but Wilt, despite losing, was named um, the tournament's most outstanding player. But I'm like, damn, like, <laughs> Wilt get all the individual accolades, but every level, I guess, except for high school, he dominated that. That was just too easy. But dude just couldn't outright just win. Like you think somebody that talented, that dominant, is just gonna rack them up? But yeah, yeah. Just came I along think they lost wrong to time. the. Uh, they lost to Carolina, I believe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was Carolina, um, and it was close too. Right, I'm looking at it out. Actually, actually, that, that game went in triple no. overtime. Hey. So it, it was another wilt almost, but. <laughs> but put no cigar. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out who who was on that team, who was on that uh, Carolina team. Um, okay, actually, the funny thing is, um, Carolina was the number one seed. Kansas was number two. Yeah, so, so they, they weren't even know, a favorite. Supposed to win it, but you know, you got Will Chamberlain the way Bo was playing back then. 
they probably they probably liked their chances. And then that probably was the yeah. first game and a long line of second place finishes for, for Will Chamberlain. Damn shame. So reading, reading right. about, and that's the thing too, right? The thing about it is like context in games matters, but a lot of times when you just look at like you know um, stat lines and things like that, you don't get the context. You know, but looking see, at a review yeah. of the game, they they did a, basically a hacker wilt. Uh, put him on the line. Yeah. They call him. <laughs> do what you got to do, yeah. though, Carolina. Yeah, look at right, you know, so, coaching. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Um, but kind of so, like you said, at this point. I, you know, I kind of think it's Alabama's to lose. Even in the first game, Brandon Miller went scoreless in the first game. But, you know, when you're playing the the winner of the playing game, the 16 seed, like you probably – you don't need him to, to go off in a game like that. So he probably was doing a little bit of coasting, passing off. You know, he liked to pass off sometimes. Um, pass off to hey, the shooters. Hey, yo. <laughs> so, you know, pass off to your shooters, let them get – get comfortable in the tournament. He had a good game against Maryland. Uh so we'll see um how that how they look against San Diego State um University. But you know, so you got them, you got Creighton and Princeton, which will probably be a good matchup because you know, Princeton's one of those teams okay, they won the first game and you're like, okay, that's definitely an upset but I didn't look at them the same way as I looked at FDU. I'm like, yo, this team, you know they, as smart as they play, I guess pun intended, because they are Princeton, like they might be able to beat a few teams, but I don't know if I see them going too much farther. But the matchups lend themselves, though, because, you know, you got a six seed in here, because Creighton beat Baylor, who was the three seed. Um, I don't know, man. You just, you just never know. I, I just think it's a lot of parity these days. And going back to that point, NIL is a part of it. Because now, you know, you don't have to sell yourself to the to the the blue bloods for a bag because you can pretty much get a bag anywhere. So if you like a coach, if you even like a school, like you'll take your chances going there because you can still get paid rather than saying, all right, well, I like them, but I have to go here because this is the only place that I'm going to get this. So it's it's – it's going to make the tournament much better. It's going to make a lot of gamblers upset because it's going to be harder and harder year after year to get your bracket straight. So I'm glad I'm not doing that no more because I ain't got time for it. I ain't got time for the show. Yeah, it definitely is. But it probably, I guess from a gambler standpoint, it'll probably increase the odds, which, you know, they like that action. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, man, it's just, yo, it's, it's wild hearing these names, bro. Like, what the hell? Like, it's kind of dope, but at the same time, like, who wants to see Creighton win a chip? Like, <laughs> Creating a bet. <laughs> you know, <man. laughs> yeah, yo, nobody that. Zach the Creating a bet. All right, so in the NBA, man, a couple of players made their returns to the court last night. Um, Carl Anthony Anthony Towns came back. Yo, actually saved the game for his squad. But uh, more importantly, John Morant is back from his eight-game suspension. Um, he came off the bench last night against Houston, so he played about uh, played about twenty twenty three minutes, almost twenty four minutes off the bench. Finished with seventeen points, uh, seventeen points, five assists, four rebounds. Um, 
And the coach said after the game, like, you know, it might not be a one-time thing. You know, we might bring him off the bench a, a few more times. What what do you, if anything, do you see as the point of that? Or is this just all about continue, like just trying to find a way to needle Jai a little bit, continuing punishment since he probably got off a little easier than people thought he was going to anyway. But what's the yeah, point of bringing him off? It's not like he missed three months. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they, 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 they do. They're worried about public backlash, so they're just doing a lot of extra stuff for nothing. Like, but look, funny thing is, nobody like you need more people anyway. But you know, <laughs> it maybe it's to humble him because you know, right? You know, you he know got, what it could also do. Because remember what we talked about last week, or was it the week before? I don't know. Um, Jai's supposed to be in line for a bonus if he makes uh, All NBA, one of the All NBA teams. So. I think he's in a bad spot anyway with the people who vote on that because, you know, they vote, you know, they take everything personal. So half the people who vote probably don't like Jai anymore. But just to to make sure and put the put the cherry on top, they might be like, all right, let's bring him off the bench for a little while, let his numbers go down so we make sure we don't do that and we don't have to pay this crazy bonus that he's supposed to get. That's a conspiracy. Yeah, that's part of it too. That's a theory. Not that, yeah, I mean, it so, makes sense, though. Yeah. So, makes um, sense, though. Your man Carl Anthony Towns came back last night, um, 22 points, uh, four rebounds, three assists, you know, and he went right into the starting lineup. He only played 26 minutes, though. I think he might have been on a bit of a minute count. Um, but I believe – I was watching – he, he hit like a clutch shot um, to, to help them win the game. And you know how hype he be, so you should. Yeah. It should be easy for you to Google Car Anthony Towns and find a picture of him somewhere with his mouth wide open screaming because he's emotional. Yeah, he like goes that. crazy. Yeah, <laughs> he goes crazy. So you think the Timberwolves? How many threes he shoot? How many threes he shoot though? I'm sure he jacked a couple of them. Let me let me look. Cause I actually got it open right here. According to him, he's the greatest three point uh, shooting big man of all time. The greatest. Uh, he proven it. He went two for three. So, you know, the ones he did take, he knocked them down because he's the greatest of all time. <laughs> so you you think they can make some, some noise in the West? You know, they already got Ant-Man and they got Carl Anthony Towns coming back. They got their defensive presence in the middle, even though, you know, it just didn't look like that was going to work with Cat and Rudy down there. Um, currently, they're in the seventh spot in the Western Conference with a 500 record, 37 and 37. Um, seventh mm-hmm. spot, we know, puts you in to the playing game mix. But, um, I mean, you know, they made it last year. Um, shout out to Patrick Beverly and his emotional outburst. Tell me if this is true, Jim. I heard that Patrick Beverly has never missed the playoffs in his career. Hmm. Now that's interesting. Could that have added to that emotion? I'm like you go to a team it. like Minnesota who don't go to the playoffs, so we made it. And my streak is still intact, so I'm going to cry like we just won the chip. I would love to interview Pat Bev and ask him what was the deal with that. Like, dog, yeah, okay, I made so, the playoffs. And... Yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't, nothing justifies his behavior there, yo. Not, the way he was acting, <laughs> like, I don't think nothing justifies that. But that's interesting because, you know, I'm sitting there trying to think of all the teams that he's played for, and I can't remember him not making the playoffs. I don't know 
whether the was one small one year. Not I don't know. Maybe that's why he got his ass off the Lakers. Yeah, well, I mean, it's about to end this year because Chicago ain't going. This is true. This is absolutely <laughs> I mean, true. Chicago is in the mix. Oh. They're in the playing mix. They're a few games behind, so it's possible. So it, so it might be another scene if they end up getting in the playing and then winning. We might see Pat Bev running around crying like he won his second chip in a row. So, so um, yeah. <laughs> look out for that. Look out for that. All right, so um, yeah, moving on. Shout out to 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 Ja back on the floor, Cat back on the floor. Um, the Mavericks, because you know you know their owner Mark Cuban sits at every game. Uh oh. <laughs> All right, so I don't know how you feel about this one though, but you know, a story just came out that um, Ezekiel Elliott is eyeing three possible teams: the Jets, the Bengals, and the Philadelphia Eagles. I did. I did hear that. Um, I'm not mad at it. You know what I'm saying? If you can get Ezekiel Elliott on a very, very cheap, short-term contract, I think that helps. You know, the Eagles always run. You know, I'm speaking as a fan now. Eagles always run running back by committee anyway. Zeke can be that guy. You know, he can just he he can do what he did last year pretty much. Everybody else can be the workhorses, and then he can go down there and vulture touchdown, touchdown on the goal line. <laughs> And I mean, I think he would also do a lot to help keep Jalen Hurts um, healthy because they don't have to run this quarterback sneak every single time they get within a yard or something. Because I'm telling you, one of these times, it's not going to end well in that pile. Dudes be jumping on top of them piles way after the play, and who knows what goes on under the pile when, you know, when, when you're down there. I just think the Eagles play with fire as much as they do that. You get into a, an important situation, yeah. You you get into the Super Bowl and you got you you go to what works. But some of these meaningless games when you up twenty <laughs> and you need a yard, yeah. like I don't I don't feel that they have to put their quarterback in in jeopardy like that. So you get yourself a Ezekiel mm-hmm. Elliott on a two million dollar or less deal. You know, you got somebody that can take away some of that. Um, Casey Mack in the, uh, in the, in the uh, group me chat says that Zeke is also the best blocking back in football, in his opinion. He he definitely is. Because I, I have an Eagles fan telling me, like, raving, ranting, that they should draft B. John Robinson with the 10th pick. And that's just, that's too, that dude is talented. Dude is a very great college running back. But people like jumping off the hook, like, Dude told me he's better than Shady. Dude ain't stepped on the NFL field yet. He's better than Shady. He's a great blocker, so he'll keep Hurts healthy and all of this kind of stuff. And like, But these are like the same fans that told me they were okay with losing all these pieces on defense as long as they got C.J. Gardner-Johnson uh, back, which they didn't. But people were okay with that. So if you're okay with that, why are you not trying to use these picks to build the defense back up that you were okay with these players leaving from, which you also blame the Super Bowl loss on? So it's like it's logic just doesn't make sense to me sometimes. Um, and, as, you know, if the Eagles draft a running back with the 10th pick, I think that'll be stupid because with their offensive line, it doesn't take a, a megastar, superstar running back to be productive. Miles Sanders, you know, he's a talented dude. He averaged five yards a carry for his career. And nobody's really, you know, checking for Miles Sanders. The Eagles didn't even want to bring him back. 
Yeah, he went down so to, you know, Zeke is to, supposed to make his decision by the end of next week. Yeah, I, I definitely, as a fan, I'd take Zeke on a on a um, on a very cheap deal. You know, as somebody in the stable, not bringing Zeke in because he's Ezekiel Elliott and we want him to be the bell cow back. Nah, I, I don't think it needs to be all of that. And if he does come to Philly, like he got to wear a whole shirt. Like seriously, he got to wear a whole shirt. He he can't get that off up there. <laughs> he can't be in, he can't be in the link with his stomach out, man. Like we don't do that. No, nah, he definitely can't. Yeah. So, all right. So we'll see. Um, but the Dallas Mavericks are filing a protest um, over their loss to the Golden State Warriors last night. They lost 127 to 125 to the Warriors, and they are complaining about one play in the third quarter that led to an uncontested dunk for the Golden State Warriors. Have you, have you, have you seen this, Jim? I, did, I, I didn't I, see the play, but I did. I did. I did read an article about about it. But I didn't see the play, but my thing is yeah. just though. Like I've seen teams do this before the contesting, but I'm like, what actually comes from it though? Like, right? What's they're the not end gonna, game? They ain't gonna change no results in no game. Like, what, what yeah. So that, that that's my that's, that's my point. What what really comes with it? You know what this is? A contest in my mind is all right. We're gonna contest this. If they find out that they were wrong, then for their, at very least, we're going to have some favorable refereeing for the next week or something like that. I don't know. That that has to be your only thought process. I think process. that either that, not gonna well, I think it could be a combination of mm-hmm. – it's a combination of things. That And also, yo, I really believe, I honestly believe, and I know this is like a, a running joke on Twitter, that the NBA just loves drama in general. They love just to create right. drama and narrative. So, so when we have these – Sports talk shows that come on twenty four seven three sixty five. They have something to talk about. NBA is always a topic. Then, if you remember back in the day, right when we was coming up, like the football would have its season and it would go away, and then the NBA would dominate, and then it would go away. Like it's not that right. no more. Everybody like, competes. Every sport. Everybody twenty four seven three sixty five. Yeah. <laughs> so NBA always got some extra drama somewhere somehow they find a way to be dramatic like and I've seen that you know the folks had to address this today on the show like so it's like I think some of that too so the the play was there was confusion over which team had the possession of the ball because you know it was called out of bounds um so it led to an uncontested dunk for Golden State because the Mavericks when they were about to you know when they were letting Golden State inbound the ball I assume what the gripe was, the Mavericks thought it was their ball. So they hadn't brought all their players over there because I guess they were waiting for the rest to call them over to inbound the ball. So they, I guess they took too long. They gave the ball to the Warriors. The Warriors inbounded, got an easy dunk with no defense. And, you know, Mark Cuban, like you, you're talking about drama, while the game's going on, he walks over to the scores table and is arguing with the people at the scores table while the game is going on. Like, yo, you're the owner of the team. Sit down somewhere, dude. <laughs> but but that's why they yeah. love them, and that's why they love them. Uh, you know, that's why the people. Let me ask you a question though: If you if you own the team, if you own the team, how would would you be honest though? Would you uh would you be like Mark Cuban, or would you just be like out of the way? Nah, I I you know what? Because you know, for me, it would just be about money. Now, if I owned the team, it'd probably be a team I don't even root for. So you know, it's about that money. Um, <laughs> but and I'll, I'll probably be out of the way. I'll probably be up in the um up in the box, even if, you know, if I'm even in the, the arena, 
I'll probably be up Dang, in the, you ain't in the, in the arena. <laughs> if I'm in the arena, but I'll probably be in the luxury box. Like I said, it depends yeah, I'll be on in the luxury box. who the team is. Getting the you know, if we got fun. rich and we bought the, the Phoenix Suns, I don't care about the Phoenix Suns. I just want this bread. So, you know. Yeah. If I'm in town. Be in put it box. that way. I'm talking about the, if I'm in the box and in the arena. If I'm in town, I'll probably be in the box. I'll be... I'd be in the box getting a twirly. But, yo, right. I might be think about it, though. The sixes, you know, I might be drawn. I wonder. I, now I think about it, I feel like the, the owners are more. The owners are like more, AI was back in town. Owners AI. are more visible now than they've ever been. And it's like, I wonder if, like, the NBA, like, says something to them. Like, yo, it's part of the whole, the whole uh, entertainment piece. they probably like, I need y'all to be more like Mark. <laughs> Be yeah, because like back in the day, we, like half of the time we didn't know who the owner was. You didn't know, right? You didn't know who it was. You didn't know who the owner was. So it might be it, or it might just be because they're getting a little bit younger. Um, yeah. I mean, even a yeah. dude like the the Clipper ball. Um, yeah, yeah Microsoft Bomber. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah, Bomber. Um, yeah, even him, like for what we're used to, like back in the day. I mean, because he an old. George Costanza losing his hair looking dude, but but he's young in comparison to what we came up yeah. with. Like we, you know, owners of football teams and basketball teams when we were coming up were like old decrepit dudes with, you know, old money. So, you know, it's just newer newer dudes out here. And and they're actually fans of the sport. Like Bombers are he, yeah. he's crazy. He's a crazy basketball fan. Yo, but he used to be like that at Microsoft. He used to be at date conferences turning up. They were selling software. He still was acting like they were scoring points. But, but you know, and I told everybody, man, you know, no idea is original, nothing new under the sun. Because there was always an outlier. Back in the day, you had Jerry Buss. You know, he wasn't just yeah. He yo, wasn't just known. You know, know he's smashing about, yo. youngin. <laughs> go to Google. Go to Google and look up the Windows 95 release and, like, put Steve Bomber Windows 95 release, yo. It's like a famous John when he was running around the stage screaming like they scored a touchdown. All they did was release him that night. Yo, he was going crazy. He was rooting like, for his you bread, know. man. He was a he was a fanatic of his bread. <laughs> yeah, dude, dude, that's that's part of who he is. But you know, a shout to him though. Yeah. All right, so yeah, I I don't really think anything's gonna come out of this besides Mark Cuban being heard, getting a gripe, and maybe trying to finagle some uh some favorable officiating, but if you listen to how Cuban and Luka Doncic was talking greasy about the refs, I don't know if there's anything they can do right now to get favorable officiating. I think they just made it worse on themselves. Like Luka was talking Probably. real greasy, and you know he's already a 15 tech dude. He one more, and, and you know, he don't miss a game. Hey, yo, so I don't really know things. if there's anything okay, they can okay. do. Casey Mack said that the mass protested because uh, they looked like dumbasses when it happened and then lost by two. So <laughs> they, 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 I guess they basically saying they trying to save face. Yeah, so they thought they had the ball, tried to line up in their little offensive zone. Man. And Casey uh, Mack also didn't, said like, he'd be like, y'all, didn't, y'all didn't stand there and see them handing the ball to the other team, like run over there and play some defense. Yo, he said he would be like off the blank, like up in the box, but then like by the fourth quarter, make his way down. Like that was always weird <laughs> so, to me. Like I feel like right. I feel like you putting pressure on your uh, the folks there when you just walk down. Like oh, here come the owner. Especially if it's a close game. I mean, luckily for them, a lot of times when he walked down, they kind of had the game in hand, so he come down and 
you know, shake some hands and all that kind of stuff. But I've also seen him come down when the game was still in the balance. And I would yeah. love to get, like, a statistic on that. Like, in certain situations where the Atlanta Falcons are in a tight battle in the fourth quarter and the owner comes downstairs, how many times did they lose? Probably every time. <laughs> That's Yo, pressure, man. Before, <laughs> before we move on, man, I, and before we move on, man, I just want to shout out Pat Bev Mom, man. Shout out to uh, Mama Bev. Mama Bev. Project, project. <laughs> oh. Um, all right, so our stat of the week, man. <laughs> Russell Westbrook is the only player. And, it's, it, you know, you got to read these sometimes, man, because Russ gets so much disrespect to be one of the greatest players in NBA history. But Russell Westbrook is the only player in NBA history with multiple scoring titles and multiple assist titles. However, if James Harden can stay in front of Tyrese Halliburton and assist this year, he'll get his second assist title, and he'll join Russ in that very, very, very exclusive club. So right now, as it stands, um, uh, James Harden is averaging 10.8 assists, Halliburton is averaging 10.4, and Trey Young is averaging 10.1. Crazy part about it is Harden missed the last game with, you know, some Achilles soreness. So since, you know, the champion, championship or bust kind of for the Sixers right now, even if they bring him back for games, he might end up on a minutes count or something trying to save him from the playoffs. And, you know, yeah. that might help Russ remain <laughs> as the, you know, the only person in this category. And I ain't even going to hold you because of the disrespect Russ get, I kind of hope Harden don't get it. <laughs> I, want Russ yo, to have something I just to think it's own, funny man. that – I think it's funny to think back that Russ and Harden was on the same team at one time, and they still – neither one of them was the best player because right. other boys – they both there. got MVPs and got – you know, records like this that they're working on. You know, and NBA the crazy, crazy part about that OKC team, dog, like, they couldn't keep it together. Like, I always think uh, it's, that's going to be like a crazy 30 for 30 what if. Like, what if they would have been able to figure that out, figure out that three, that three hit them, because they were, like, drafted. Like, imagine they figured that out. But then I sit around and look at this current OKC team, and I'm like, yo, they got they got the youngest team in the league, dog, and they got, a, they got like, a gazillion picks up until, like, 2029, like, they're in great shape again. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. All right, so that's that's our stat of the week. We'll see if Harden can do it, but you know, I'm kind of rooting for Russ to to be in his own exclusive club. Um, our quote of the week. This is not new news, not a new story, not a new quote, but for some reason this week it's resurfaced and is being talked about again. So here's the quote. Uh, one of the greatest secrets with Mike was that he needed to have sex in the dressing room before fights. He had to get laid to disengage some of the strength he had. So I had girls tucked away in bathrooms and changing rooms. He said Mike would say, if I do not get laid, I will kill this guy right now. Sometimes he'd go in with them, the women, for a minute, bang the ish out of them, snap his neck and say, okay, this guy is going to live tonight. And this quote is from Rudy Gonzalez, who served as Tyson's chauffeur and bodyguard back in the 1980s, talking about how he used to line up groupies in the dressing rooms and the bathrooms and, you know, places around the arena before Mike fights to, to, to loosen up. And, yo, 
first of all, like I said, this isn't new news. We've heard about this story before. But how crazy is that? Because in my experience, allegedly, <laughs> or from what I've heard, doing that before any kind of, you know, other physical activity, i.e. a sport, is really bad for your legs. So it's like yeah. for him to say this, I can believe it because it's Mike Tyson. And there's really not a lot of untrue stories about Mike Tyson because dude is literally an open book. And, you know, you never heard him complaining about this. And, you know, if you go back to his book, he probably mentioned it in there a time or two. But, yo, how do you do that? Like, if you told me Mike got some draws before the Buster Douglas fight, I would definitely believe you. But if he thinks doing that, like, saved him from killing some of these dudes, just remember back to what he did do to some of these dudes. Like, if this, like, if, if this was real... And, like, what he thought about himself was 100% true, and we'll never know that. Like, yo, what would he have done? Like, how many dudes would he have killed in the ring, at least in the mid-'80s? <laughs> like, how many dudes yeah. would have died I in mean, the ring if Mike ain't getting no draws before the, before the match? They tell boxers, like, not to even fornicate during training camp. Like, you got to, like, stop a, like, a right. couple months out of the fight. I be hearing boxers like, the sport up. with that. Yeah, so that's that's kind of wild, yo. That's a wild story, yo. Like, but again, Mike is the most entertaining, single most entertaining person in my life, and I mean that. That, that includes every <laughs> singer, rapper, dancer, actor. He's giving me more Mike, entertainment like, Mike Dennis Ray than J. anybody. <laughs> Mike than Ray J. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got to be Mike than Ray J. They the top two. They the top yo. two. Yo, by the way, Casey Mack also and, says that um. Um, OKC drafted Russ Harden and KD. It says all are about to have over 25K points scored in the league. That's got to be a, a, a record, too. They drafted <laughs> all three of these dudes. Chris Mack said, how is Martin Frazier still alive? Right, right, right. <laughs> but, yo, this, like, and, and anybody who's been in any boxing gym, especially, like, hood boxing gyms, I mean, where champions come from, though, you know, because you go to Philly – going to be a lot of hood boxing gyms, but you're going to know the names in there. You're going to know the trainer's names in there because you're going to, you have probably would have seen them on TV before training, a you know, managing a champion. But any boxing gym you're going, you're going to find a sign somewhere, whether it's a big sign, a small sign, whether it's in the bathroom, whether it's next to the feed bag, the heavy bag, there's going to be a sign in there somewhere that says women weaken legs. That's just a belief in boxing. Yeah. It's crazy that somebody who was looked at as the baddest man on the planet back there back then was, you know, was <laughs> getting to the yams before the fight. Wrong with Mike. But you can believe it. That's Mike being Mike. Um, all right, so before we move on, talk about what happened this week while y'all was on the grind. Yes, sir. Oh, I, don't, I don't even see. Do you see is somebody in the – what's the name? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. I don't even look like I'm connected to the board. <coughs> How am I still talking? Yo. I need to ask somebody. They might you. not even be hearing us right now. What oh, they do, because Casey Mack is commenting on the joint. They do. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, only person I see in the chat is somebody okay. saying they want Trump. All right. Know, oh, uh, all right. We we got Tobias on the line, though. Um, okay. You're going to have to hit that switch, but I can't, I can't do it right now. All right, let's see. I got you. I got you. I got you. Roll, damn, tills naive. As right. usual, they're trying to hold me back. What's going on, gentlemen? 
What's up, good brother? What hey, up, dude? Roll damn tight. Roll tide. Yeah, I went to a World Baseball Classic game the other night when they played Mexico, and my oh, summation is, yeah, American baseball, cause the game, the games are out here. Tickets were cheap too, and American baseball is dull compared to the rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> the you went to the um, the Mexico Japan game. Okay, yeah, that was a that was a decent game. Yeah, um, the party, uh, but I was like, <laughs> that was a party, man. Hey, I was about to be like Martin Lawrence was in that movie. It would be a Federal rally, man. I was that close, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, it's always a party though when Mexico is involved, man. I remember I went hey. to a, I went to a um, Berea Pacquiao fight in 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 Vegas, and I mean, you know, it was a lot of Filipinos and it was a lot of Mexicans, but it was definitely a party. It was all, um, it was also almost a riot. There was a lot of, you know, fights breaking out in the actual crowd. Chickens running around. They were real prideful about theirs. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. And, and see, uh, the, the Asian uh, batters be doing crazy backflips when they uh, hit home runs. The Latin American, the Caribbean teams be playing music during the game. Us, uh, we just got to trot around the base. We <laughs> could be traditional. Like all of that stuff you're saying would be looked at as disrespect in our game. What was it, Jim, <laughs> that you wrote about the unwritten rules? The unwritten rules can't do that. Hey, <laughs> you, yeah, do like the most of them. Yeah, you do a backflip. You do a backflip. You're getting a 90 mile an hour fastball, and the next time you up. Hey, here's the and thing, right? A... <laughs> I say that would attract more young players to the game yeah. if you like, had a little bit more fun. Because analytics killed it because nobody still bases anymore. No one goes with doubles and triples, and you know, yeah, the computer may be right, but it's not entertaining. Uh, you know, I saw all this hate, right? Because, you know, Cowherd loved taking a shot at Mike. I was like, they talk about terrible owner. I'm like, a terrible owner is uh, Jerry Ryan throw for the Chicago Bulls, who would rather see Mike leave than pay him $30 million. Or the Oklahoma City Thunder owner who left Seattle to go to OKC and complain about not having money and won't pay the extra $6 million to keep hard. <laughs> you know, those are bad owners, too. <laughs> you know, and uh, and think about that. They could have kept KD Harden and Westbrook. It was like under ten million to keep Harden under that. And if he did say I want to go to Houston anyway, at least you could say, hey, we offer him the max deal, and he just said he want to go somewhere else. And as Jimmy say, a lot of these owners don't care about winning. And I wish fans would understand that they're doing this to get richer. You know, and Mike's not a lot of owners out there who are actually fans of the team, let alone fans of the sport. So Yeah, the team they own, yeah, because Jordan, not, not a, a Hornets fan. Daniel Snyder was a fan of Washington, of course, but we see how that happens. But most of them just get in to make more money. He probably clear. he put in 250. He might, he might start the plane ticket. I'm at a Scottsdale Airport right now, but, uh, he uh he made clear two billion for that selling his stake, you know. So that that's a good business move. And, and, and watch Hotel Twitter get mad at him for um selling to a white guy. Yeah, well, I already I mean, know it's gonna happen. That's what they that that that's what they do because most of Hotel Twitter don't understand that people build businesses to sell them. Also, yeah, I mean that can't be that can't be fun for Michael Jordan to sit up there and lose as bad as he does every year, like. He's still a competitive dude, so yeah. it's probably not 
You know what I mean? Like you, you're supposed to just so why not cash out at like six hundred and twenty-seven percent? Yeah, cash out and go, go do something that you enjoy the rest of your life. Like, you know what I mean? Go go run go run trails on Laura. Like, you know what I mean? Like, go do something you enjoy. Hey, hey, you tell Scotty take that picture. Take that picture, send to Scotty. Hey, but you know what though? The NBA is the one draft where it's hard to say sometimes. Smart, yeah. Let everybody know they ran trees on it. <laughs> hey, you know, hey, you know what though? Like the NBA, they talk all oh, these players do a missed on. In the NBA draft, unless you get the number one pick, maybe number two in some years, that's a number one. It's a crapshoot in a lot of cases in the NBA draft. To be honest with you, uh, so there's been guys we thought would be better, and it ain't trying to be good. So like the year Devin Booker came out, I thought he would be good because like you got a six foot five guy that can shoot. But he went like 13. Uh, Lillard went like eight, and like nobody watched Damian I mean, Lillard Devin at Booker, Weaver State. Devin Booker didn't even start at Kentucky, though, did he? No, he didn't. That's the thing. Yeah, so no, he didn't. People were like a little skeptical on that. Now he's an NBA superstar. That's crazy. Yeah. Then you got then you got cast like Ben Simmons, who was like consensus number one pick. Started out with a. Yo, the funny thing, the thing, the thing about Ben Simmons, which is funny, which I, did, I didn't remember until recently because I saw it in someone else's video. When you go back to the draft, when they were drafting him, like when you know how the, the draft they talk about, like your, uh, you know, what's, what's your strong suit and what's your, uh, mm-hmm. you know, negative. The negative yeah. was that he was lazy, didn't they care about basketball. They, like, they definitely Yo. said he was a bit. Oh, everything that he's doing, they said. <laughs> I know, but it's like <laughs> I, didn't, right. I, didn't, I didn't remember he that. Did, he did that shit. <laughs> Yo, I didn't even remember what that. What I would have done recently. is. That. that was definitely but what I would have done. Though, Tobias, people well, people were like, the talent is so good, our chat. you, you got to ignore that, and now look at everybody. Yeah. I had put so. a video in our chat, and they went over, like, the number one high school player every year since, like, 2000 or something like that, and how many people were supposed to be, like, short shot, um, can't miss. And out of all of them, I think only LeBron and, like, somebody else ended up, you know, becoming sort of like a, a, a I guess, at the top what? tier of NBA legends. Like, yeah, cause dudes, I know Eric Gordon and Derrick Rose was fighting for number one that year they came out. I think Eric Gordon and Derrick Rose were yeah. fighting for the year they came out. And Both no shade to Eric Gordon because Eric Gordon has carved out a very nice NBA career. He got injured but too. He, you know, he he ain't Bron. You know what I mean? He, I mean, yeah, Bron, but yeah, because Carmelo was number one. I think the year he came out, I think like cause he was no, year one. He wasn't. I remember the Eric was, Gordon uh, hype because it hit the peak when he disrespected Marcus Jordan in front of Michael Jordan. Yo, but Carmelo was number one because the uh, the kid out of New York was. What's the dude that he had the, uh, the documentary about? Um, the one who was singing Mario in his basement. Looking oh, he the Bastion Tales there? Lenny Cook. No, no, no. The, Lenny Cook. Lenny Cook. Lenny, Lenny Cook, Cook was number one the year Carmelo was supposed to, you know, could have been. Yeah. Lenny Cook was ranked ahead of Brian and Melo. Yep. You, you know who was a five-star top ten prospect in high school? Avery Bradley. I remember that. <laughs> you know, wow. it just yeah. shows. Yes, Avery Bradley was a five-star prospect, one of the top prospects. But as you it's, as you move up ranks, everything changes, man. Some people have games that are built for high school. Outside of that, it's like sometimes people believe the hype. Avery Bradley went to Carolina, right? I went to Texas. Texas. Oh, I looked him up. Yeah. 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 But, uh, but yeah, it's crazy. And like, sometimes people say, about? oh, you missed. Like, the Bulls this year, they passed on Walker Kessler. And I was like, I want Walker Kessler because they needed a big man, someone who could defend the rim. I was like, at worst, this dude could block shots. I watched him playing at Auburn. They took some guy named Dalen Terry, who ain't ready to play. You're a wing guy. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I said the same thing. Uh, but, at, but, but you know, back then, you could get on somebody for that. But one of the top of the draft, and the, all these pundits had the same thing, and they said he got a good picks when you picked them. Then you turn around and yell at them afterwards. I'm like, you can't have it both ways. And, like, people said, well, they passed on Donovan Mitchell. Ain't nobody saw this with Donovan Mitchell when he was in yeah. college. Nobody passed on Donovan Mitchell. It's hindsight. <laughs> What's your man say? <laughs> What's your man Spurrier say? Hindsight is 50 Yeah, and like, you know, and like, y'all talking about the Eagles and this running back thing, right? Like, people like Fred, not even picking on Fred, but people that don't pick a running back in the first round. It's not just a guy who's a runner. Those guys you can find anywhere. A true weapon. Is a guy you can't find in, like an Austin Eckler who can run and catch. They he had like a hundred some targets last year, and they don't want to pay run, him. Catch block. That's what I'm saying. Like the yeah. running back position has been completely devalued, and that's why I'm saying like to have that tenth pick. No, he got I, would, I would take the, I would take the dude at thirty, but he's going to be gone by thirty because yeah. if he's there at twenty six, the Cowboys are going to take him because they need Here's a the thing. Here's the thing these don't draft the running back in the first round people miss. Uh, like number 30, the late 20s, sure. But you also get that fifth-year option, and you can franchise for another year. And so – but I blame the players for this because they wanted to keep smoking weed and practice less instead of worrying about their money and at least getting rid of the franchise tag. Because they run the weed. Yeah, because everybody but, said you could find a running back anywhere. The Bucks, Lenny Fournette was fat when we got him. We ain't had a good running back since Doug Martin rookie year in his free agency year. And that was like yeah, two Fournette, years ago. Fournette worked out for y'all the Super Bowl season though. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Until like, Brady, you know. Brady won acoustic numbers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but but <laughs> for me and the and the pick because it's like yo, I would love to have. You know, a, a 30, running yeah. back like that. I would love to have a running back like that. Even at ten, if the if the Eagles didn't, you know, I mean, they're not in a position like the Rams were. You know, the Eagles kind of went for it last year and didn't do it. Um, I mean, some of these teams go for it, they do it, and then they still lose everybody. So the Eagles are st- still in a decent position because their offense is pretty much still intact. Defense kind of got. You know, the, and you got <clears throat> during the off season, and you lost both of your coordinators. So that's the only reason. I'm like, man, if it's one of those things where, hey, the Eagles just surprisingly made it to the Super Bowl, and then everybody's coming back, like they're in a great position cap wise, contract wise, and then they still got that pick from New Orleans, I'll take them at ten in a minute. And you got to pay QB. But since the defense got picked over like that. You gotta replace some stuff on the on the defense. And here's here's the other thing with a lot of fans miss, because there's some good defensive line in front. Seven guys gonna be there at ten. It is so hard to get front seven guys in their prime. Um, <laughs> and it's so and if they come out, it'll be super expensive. At least you'll have that. Let's say like you guys had Jordan Davis last year. He's under your control for five years. Why are you paying your quarterback? And that's what you do. Because you have to, because you got to draft front seven all the time. Because those guys are get paid. Some of you guys are already getting older too, and you got to get a front seven player. And uh, but one thing I got to bring up though, I know all these quarterbacks are having their pro days, right? 
And I hate so I saw these lazy hot take pundits say, Well, the the Panthers, they're stupid. They shouldn't have traded up because if the Bears suck next year and if they get the Panthers pick and they can get Caleb Williams next year. Hate to break yeah. it to folks. The Panthers can't do that. One, we don't know if Caleb Williams is going to be good, but you got to get your quarterback. You can't wait around. I was, about to, I was about to take it a little farther. I was about to go too far. I don't even know if Caleb Williams is going to be alive next year. You can't yeah, like that. Yeah, because <laughs> you, know you know what else, though? Think about this. The Indianapolis Colts, we all knew they needed a quarterback. They were god-awful. They're picking four. They can't even trade up because the two quarterbacks anybody thinks worth anything, the two teams ain't moving off the pick. <laughs> so. Yeah. If you got a chance to draft somebody, because you're not, you ain't going to be another Patrick Mahomes. You just need a quarterback where you go to the stadium every week and you ain't got to worry about getting a quarterback next year. That's yeah. all it's got to be. And, and, and I think that uh, – but by the way, I'll say this before I run. I know everybody in Nambo, Anthony Richardson, because he's big, he can run fast. That's a problem when you only complete 55% of your passes in college with the <laughs> land of bubble screen. And, uh, hell yeah, they compared him to Cam Newton. Cam Newton doubled all his stats, and Cam Newton only had one pro on that team. He was on defense. <laughs> he took it to the title. Uh, oh, sorry. And, and, like, people keep saying, well, you can do Josh Allen. They ain't but one of those. <laughs> you know, yes. if you if you go stake your career on moving up I mean, for that guy, at this point, I think you got to go Bryce Bryce Young. I heard a take today, Tobias, that made a lot of sense though. It's like because they trade, especially because they traded up, like all the pressures on Carolina. Like the pressure go isn't really on the number two team because it's like even if Carolina say they take Bryce Young and he becomes, you know, he's better than C.J. Stroud and, and everybody else. There was no pressure. Who, who's number two? Um, the Houston Texans. Houston. Like, there's no pressure on Houston because they didn't really have – they didn't have a, an option to, to take Bryce Young if he becomes the better quarterback. Kind of like the Chargers. All the, pressure is on, all the pressure is on the number Carolina. one team because they have to get it right. You know what yeah, I'm saying? If no, they pick yeah. the wrong one and the number two quarterback becomes way better – you know, and Houston has the better quarterback, then 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 they look crazy because they traded up to take the wrong guy. So all the pressure's yeah, and, on them. You know I mean? and, and it's like, because I said it for the longest, it's like if Bryce was 6'2", 215, that wouldn't even be a discussion. It, it wouldn't even uh, be a question. It's, yeah. yeah, it's just size. And, and, you, and like, and that, that's your cup, of, and that's all about your cup of tea. But ATC and I'm like, folks, that's why I know most of these pundits don't watch the games. You mean to tell me the SEC linemen are five ten? And, and that's another thing. As far as people, when they start overanalyzing for the draft, and you see all of these quarterbacks move up the board just because they're bigger, more quote unquote, you know, NFL bodied. But a lot of times those dudes are coming like, yo, this dude's played in the SEC though. That's like NF, the NFL conference. Like he played in the SEC. Well, so just because somebody else has a year. better looking body <laughs> but played Dude. probably against some stiffs like it's hard to take that chance man just take the chance on who you know can play man because I the thing i always say this right mac and tua had great receivers like a great receiver court great backs bama receivers led the league the country and drops last year like, you know i was cussing them out he definitely especially past season but the one before that he definitely didn't have you know, one of them 
uh, usual type Bama receiving course. He definitely didn't. Bro, so he did. He did a lot more with with a lot less. And and that goes a long way because the Panthers actually have a good team. Because if they hit on this, because they got Andy Dalton going to start a for a little bit. Too, so. Yes. So the Saints, right? I think the Saints made a mistake. Keep trying to go all in instead of taking that salary cap medicine. Shout out to them. Y'all got the number ten pick because of them. Because they don't think doing that stupid route. <laughs> you know. Because they keep tr- like sometimes that they like the Bucks. I'm cool with the Bucks taking that cap medicine this year. We sucked with Brady last year. You might as well go ahead and clean up your cap. <laughs> you know. And take those lumps and then come back because at the end of the day, you keep pushing money back, you keep pushing money back. What are you going to do? Because one day, because the thing is also, it's like you gave Derek Carter. I was like, they signed him. I was like, Bucks, we'll be all right in two years because I was like, the guy led the league in picks, but since the media likes him, they never they blame everybody else, even the green monkey that started HIV. <laughs> but it just shows it's like yeah. <laughs> it just shows but well him ain't but the thing is, this shows the players also be liked by the media. If you got a good quarterback, make sure that he the media and the coach, the media doesn't like get all the blame. Despite having the best receiver in football. But I just but that's why I feel good about my Bucks in the future though. Cause they take it a cap medicine. I know Baker Mayfield's gonna suck it. That's cool because we make it number one, number two pick next year. <laughs> but sometimes you got y'all know. Sometimes you gotta take a step back in the NFL to take that step forward again because it's a hard cap league. Shit, that's what we did in between Super Bowl visits. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. All right, man. But we talk to you next week. You know we trying to load hey, the, the last forty. Hey, you guys, ha- you guys have a good one and your team the biggest cap hit in history for a year. And look what happened. But you guys have a good one. (laughs) All right, man. (laughs) Have a good one. Peace. All right, Jim, what happened this week while everybody was on the Grizznai? While you were on the grind, it's brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Do you or your business need a custom website? Go go to digitalextremetech.com or call 267-205-4203 and go, yeah, and get the hookup. On just a couple quick stories, man. I want to say rest in power to one Willis Reed, um, you know, legend, hoops legend who died this past week. Got to send a rest in power shout out to the God. Hey. Any thoughts on I, Willis Reed? Not, yeah, not to, not to rain on his death parade. <laughs> that doesn't sound right, death parade. Not to rain on his parade, but Willis Reed, definitely a, a you know, Hall of Famer, a legend, but he is also the subject of the most, as they would say in D.C., the most siced moment in NBA history. The most siced yeah. moment in history. The 70, is it 72 championship series um, with the Knicks, and he came limping out of the tunnel because he had an ankle injury. They thought he wasn't going to play. He came limping out of the tunnel, and that's kind of where they stop the story every time they tell it. They ain't tell you that he limped out of the tunnel. Wilt cracked his neck. He had four points and like three rebounds in the whole game. And Walt Clive Frazier had 36 and 19 to lead the Knicks to the title. It's like Walt Frazier had one of the best closeout games in NBA history, and he is a footnote in that. So I guess, you know, I bring that up sometimes because I feel sorry for Walt Clive Frazier. How do you have 36 and 19 in a game seven NBA finals closeout game? And you're a footnote. 
Like you, people in 2023 still have to be told that you had 36 and 19 to win the championship because Boyle limped out of the, the dressing room and scored four points. But rest in power to Will Street, man. It ain't about you. It's about the so, narrative. Man. It's all storytelling, man. It's all about storytelling. <laughs> rest in power to Will Street, man. Um, Takashi's back in the news, man. My dude was in a G- L.A. fitness in Florida <laughs> and got dipped on. The whole thing is like, like why weeks, though? weeks of uh, – yeah, I don't know, dog. Did they just beat him up just because? Or were they in there talking Because they, they want clout too. Like, like right. someone told me, it was like, hold up, they're mad at him for snitching, yet they beat him up and snitching themselves on camera. Like, what right. are you doing here? Posted it. Yeah, we just beat up Takashi. Yo, you you snitching on yourself? Yeah, like, so now beat yourself up. I don't, I don't really, I don't really get it. But you know, every yeah, time man. something like that goes down, we got to remind everybody: George Zimmerman's still walking around unscathed. <laughs> yo, that's the go-to. Yo, that's the go-to. That's the go-to. Yo. George Zimmerman's still walking around unscathed. Yeah, that's definitely. It is go-to, crazy man. that like, you know, like, he ain't uh, got dipped on or you know poked up or something by now, like. We want to be all outraged, but yeah. we letting Bull walk around. Yeah, that's a uh-huh. go-to. That's like when a quarterback go down. Like Kaepernick out there. <laughs> Kaepernick said I ain't got no job. <laughs> yeah, that's a automatic go-to, man. Anyway, right. man, you know, short news story, man. But the, oh, one more thing I'm going to bring up, too, that, uh, while you're on the grind, in case you guys have missed this, um, and that is uh, your man um, just signed with the um, Las Vegas, Jimmy G. So for those oh, he's not with, with the Raiders. With the Raiders. With the Raiders. It says that. Uh, let me read the story for you real fast. Jimmy G gonna keep it's a keep a, a, a gig. That's one thing. Yeah. So sure. he gonna keep a gig. <laughs> After joining Raiders, um, it's a it's a brothel in Vegas that uh, says that he's now gonna get free sex for the rest of his life since he signed. <laughs> so I want to put that out there. You know, I heard, way, and, 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 heard he was that dude. You know, it, it, side note, that's legal out there. So, you know, they just – you know how sometimes the players, they, they benefit from local businesses. So this is uh, taking it to a whole other level. But, um, you know, it is what it is, man. So, you got to hit me, man. So that's what happened this past week while you were on the Grizz Not Eat, man. That's also happened this day before three, so we can get up out of there. Go redeem your coupons, Jimmy G. Um, this date in sports history brought to you by Sports the Book. If you guys are tired of reading the same old sports book and, and watching these same old sports shows every day with the with the lists and the rankings and the GOAT arguments and the, the imaginary starting lineups and the, the Mount Rushmores and all that subjective information that they try to pass off as facts, man, be sure to enlighten yourself. Pick up a copy of sports. It's an acronym. Stay with me. Smart people only read the sports. It's a mixture of sports, knowledge, hip-hop culture, all of that. It'll keep you on the edge of your seat. It'll keep you laughing like you're watching a comedy special as well because, you know, y'all know we got to do something, do stuff with a little bit of humor. So just go to sportsthebook.com or get your copy from our website at warroomsports.com. But don't miss the movement written by War Room's own Jimmy the Blueprint. All right, this date in sports history, March 23, 1968, was the 30th NCAA Men's Basketball Championship. And in that final game, UCLA beats the aforementioned North Carolina 78 to 55. Kind of, you know, tap that ass a little bit. The Bruins won back-to-back titles, and of course, Lou Alcindor, uh, later known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, 
won tournament's most outstanding player for the second of three consecutive years. So he was to win it again the very next year. So uh, shout out to UCLA. Um, shout out to the old ball coach. Shout out to Lou Alcindor. And that's what uh, happened this date in sports history. So we'd like to give a nice big war room salute to all of that. Yeah, very all right, man. crazy. Players. Yeah. He wasn't allowed to play as a freshman. He wasn't allowed to play as a freshman back then. He probably would have ran off four. Probably. But, um, He'd have ran yeah. off five. He'd have ran though, off five man. in four years. <laughs> He'd have found a way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Shout out to everybody, man, who tuned in. You know what I mean? Shout out to Tobias for calling in. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Shout out to Casey Mack um, being in the group chat. We appreciate each and every one of you that tune in, you know, with us every week. So make sure you catch us next week, you know, live here or, you know, on demand. You can catch anything on our podcast network. You know what I mean? But the bottom line is our hub is warroomsports.com. You can find everything there on social media, all of our content. And um, Sports the Book, you can get that right there. So until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on Tills Naive. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.